welcome back to the conservative podcast i am so excited because today you won't just have to listen to my voice i have my first ever guest on the podcast her name is taylor and we're actually really old friends we used to swim together back in our high school days and she is currently working as a buffalo school teacher so i called her up and i invited her to be on the podcast today to discuss some of the arguments and current events surrounding the most recent school shootings. I thought that a teacher's perspective could be incredibly valuable. So I hope you enjoy. Take a listen. All right, Taylor, can you please introduce yourself for the audience? Uh, What do you do? Where are you from? And where would you consider yourself on the political spectrum? Yeah. Hi, Um, I'm Taylor. I'm from the Buffalo area. Um, I am a teacher and I consider myself a conservative. Awesome. So we're, we're kind of in an alignment. I think um, we've kind of known that ever since we knew each other through, through swim team, we kind of had that, that same alignment going on, which is awesome. Awesome. Um, So, you know, Buffalo just recently had a, really awful, you know, shooting in our area, which we're, you know, I grew up right there along with you and, you know, we're not used to that at all. You know, Buffalo has never really seen a tragedy like that ever before. And then you, you know, the shooting in Texas as well in, in an actual, in a school was again, horribly, horribly tragic. So I, I invited you here because I wanted to be able to ask you as a school teacher, as someone who is in Buffalo near where the most, you know, the Buffalo shooting happened as a teacher, what do you think would be the best way to maybe mitigate some of these issues? Because, you know, the school shootings happen all the time, or I guess not all the time, but they come up. And every time it comes up, people are like, oh, you know, we need background checks, we need more gun control. And then the Republicans are like, oh, no, we need to, you know, have armed people in the schools. And I always wonder if, you know, has anyone ever talked to a teacher? Is that what they would want to have happen? I would have loved for people to come and talk to me. Um, Nobody has said anything. I mean, my principal, he's very good at being open. Um, We have meetings every Wednesday, which is super nice. But even in those meetings, you know, I I personally don't really speak up much because of the backlash I might get. One of the teachers did actually speak up and say something, and she got really reamed into by teachers. Our principal didn't say much. I mean, to be honest, what is he going to say? Either way, he would get in trouble, you know? Um, So I feel for him in that part. But, you know, it's what, what do you say? If somebody were to talk to me one on one, sure. I would love to say that you know, we, we do. I work in a city school and we don't even have an SRO in our school, which blows my mind because from where I came, the outskirts of Buffalo, I, at least I had some type of security in my school, you know, whether he was just walking around. I mean, I felt safer having someone, but no, I don't have, we don't have anyone. And I really, truly believe that there should be someone and I do think that they should be armed because I'm sorry, but just in the news, goodness, just the other day, there was um, an armed guy who went to a picnic and opened fire and this lady pulled out a gun and she done. Yeah, I saw that. But she had, she had a gun and she stopped it right away. I mean, 
I get it. In a school, you have to be careful. There's teachers, there's students, you know, there's admin. I understand that. But are we going to continue to allow these things to happen? Unfortunately, it's more what are we going to do instead of like, I mean, really, how are we going to fix it? You know, there's no perfect scenario in this, but we got to start doing something. We can't just keep having things like this happen. Yeah. Well, and what I think is so interesting is that, you know, you I think most Republicans are kind of in the sense of like, you know, let's arm teachers. I don't know if I 100 percent would say, hey, let's just give teachers guns. I think that could probably have issues. But I do think that we need to there needs to be some amping up of security in these schools. You know, I I mean, you know, my, my mom made an interesting point, though. She's like, well, do you really want, you know, these kids to feel like they're going to jail every time they go to school? Jail is better than dead. Right. You're not right. Yeah. I mean, we live in a world where we kind of have to go. I mean, I don't want that either. When I went to high school, I could come and go as I pleased, especially like senior year. I was able to go out to my car, back in, whatever. And like, I think the unfortunate reality is that we live in a world where, yeah, you kind of have to lock these kids down, put a gunman at the every at every entrance and say, you're not hurting these kids. I don't care what you think you're doing, you know? I mean, I person like as a teacher, I don't know if I could handle having a gun at school. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's teachers who gladly would and all the power to them. I think that that's great. Like you said, we're in a world where this is the reality. You know, I just think of my students working in the city. They see a gun and you know, I mean, that's their reality, too. There, There's a lot of students in my school who are scared of the police. So I think even having a security guard in the school is kind of a trigger. But it's like, would you rather have a trigger or would you rather be dead? I'm sorry, but I'd rather be safe. Yeah, that's it. It's so it's like so sad that this is even a conversation we have to have. Right. I, I, I genuinely like my heart really genuinely breaks that we've gotten to this point yeah and the kids emotional like it's through the roof right now like my students a lot of them were affected by the top shooting in buffalo i had one of my students who there broke my heart but they um went to their uh relative's funeral in the morning came to school in the afternoon. And I was like, Oh my goodness, like, is everything okay? Like, are you sure you want to be in school? Like, if you ever need anything, let me know. And my student said, I feel safer at school than I do at home. Next day, the shooting happened in Texas. Oh, gosh. Oh, man. Else again, like, what what do I say as a teacher? Like, yes, we have all these protocols in place. Like, you know, I have to get scanned in at work, you have to show your badge, this, that and the other. But like, I'm sorry, without somebody there protecting us and looking over us, if they want to get in, they're going to get in, you know, and like, how am I supposed to sit there and tell the students, yeah, I feel 100% safe sitting here when I don't even feel safe half the time, you know, knowing that all it takes, I mean, unfortunately, at the Texas shooting was one door that was open. Yeah. I mean, like, God forbid, what if what if something like that happened in my school? You know, someone forgets to close the door all the way and it was just unlatched or something like we we don't have anyone in my school right now. What age do you teach? I teach fourth grade. So I guess my other question is how how aware are 
your kids of like what's actually going on in the world. Yeah. So they're pretty aware. We came in after the tops um, shooting and I mean, I had three kids in my class basically the whole week because their parents either were not safe sending them to school or they were affected by it somehow. And when they did eventually come back to school, they all told me about it. I have people who in my school, you know, go to that tops. So like, it's very, without saying it, it was said. And then on top of that, there are a lot of kids talking about it. They know. And especially with social media these days, before we were even allowed out of school, we knew about it from social media. Yeah. You know, I mean, my kids go on the school bus, they're on TikTok, they're on Instagram, Snapchat, you know, the world is literally at their fingertips. That's almost a whole other issue, though, that these 10 year olds have like unfettered access to the Internet. And I think that's also you look at the Texas shooter and you look at the Buffalo shooter, both of which were 18, which I thought was an interesting coincidence. And I I think that some of this comes from just this unwillingness of parents to like actually parent their kids to start and two this unfettered access to anything and anybody in the world whether it you know violence on social media it's these crazy ideas and I'm not saying like people who are blaming Tucker Carlson type of crazy ideas I mean like deep internet crazy ideas and parents just complete and utter unwillingness to t- take any type of responsibility for their children. It's like almost in the sense of like, explain to me why there were two 18 year olds. That should be also a red flag. I feel like in people's minds, it's going, what is going on with our young people right now? Why are we not? I mean, I haven't done much research, but from what I know, a lot of the school shootings, a lot of the shootings that we hear now are 18 year olds, young white men who have just gotten out of school. I'm sorry, but that scares me. How, how are we not checking into that? How are we as a teacher, you know, you practice all these drills, the kids know where to go when there's a school shooter. They know when to go, where to go when there's a lockdown. So do these shooters. They just graduated. Yeah. And most of them, they're in the same school district. They're not going to go somewhere where they don't know. They know the lockdown drills. They know where the kids are going to hide. They know that the plan of the school. Isn't that something that we should be thinking about when we're doing these drills? I mean, I know there's only so much we can do for the drills, but these they're kids. They are yeah. kids. 17, 18 years old. I remember when senior in high school, freshman in college, like, you're a kid. You, you don't know anything. I'm 25. I still don't know anything. And going off of like the parents, not parenting. I just read the other day that the Texas shooter, his mom, I don't know the whole story behind him not living with his mom, but his mom came out and said he had his reasons. I'm sorry, what you're defending him? What are his reasons? Because she's unwilling to admit that she raised the scum of the earth. I mean, really? Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, it is interesting. I think that I I was again talking a little earlier in the week about this. And I think that schools, I think in this area actually have a lot more power than they think. A lot of these school administrators are sitting here going, oh, we're, you know, we're just the victims of this stuff. And I, and well, again, nothing defending these school shootings and how awful this was, but I was like, these schools have so much more power than they think they do. Because one, you have the power to be able to 
secure up your school starting there. Second, you also have the power to greatly influence these kids' lives and the next generation so that we're not creating more of these demented people. Yeah. Unfortunately, schools are far more concerned about, you know, affirming a kid's gender than they are about teaching them discipline that's going to give them what they need for the rest of their lives. Right. And I mean, next thing you know, it's going to be, well, this call me by my wrong chosen name. So I'm going to go shoot up the school. I just found out that I can get in trouble by not calling a student by their chosen name like legally get in trouble. Does that make me the bad guy now? Like is God forbid if that child gets bullied and you know goes off the rails, am I the first one that's going to get shot now? It's crazy to think about that that's the world we live in. And like you said, I mean, the schools do. They have all the power to do with especially now with the shooting that just happened and the one in Buffalo, go up to any house with a child and tell me that they won't pay extra taxes to protect their school. You're going to say no for protecting your child. Maybe there's people out there, but you mean to tell me that you're going to say no. There are so many other security things that can be put into place. I would be willing until the day I die to pay extra to keep everyone safe. And I don't, I don't understand how people don't think of that. I also don't understand how this becomes a gun law issue. That's what bothers me so much is that we, you know, we sit as a country and you watch these politicians go, oh, this is a horrible tragedy. And then they immediately stand on the death of these children and go gun control, background checks. And I'm like, do you understand? Okay, let's use New York State as as an example. New York State is one of the strictest gun law states in the country. I I said this in my previous podcast, like I looked into this guy's manifesto that he wrote, which is incredibly disturbing but he even knew this like he knew this and he prayed on the fact that Erie County has strict gun laws like he knew he wasn't going to receive return fire and then people are like oh we need background checks and I'm like that kid someone failed someone in the New York government failed because we have one of the most stringent background check processes it takes a year to get a pistol permit in New York State a year and you're going to tell me that we need more background check? No, that's not the solution to the problem. For you to sit there and go, "Oh, we need background checks. We need to get rid of AR15s." One, you live in America, okay? There are people who will bury their guns in the backyard before you they ever hand them over to the government. Right. Point blank period. Again, I'm not against background checks. I don't want guns in crazy people's hands. There are very few Republicans who are like, "No, say, no background check." It's a decent middle ground to do. Right. I I have no issues with it personally, but for you to then sit and go we need more background checks. Background checks are standard issue across the country. That's not the issue. The issue is is that we have a severe mental health crisis. We have a completely eliminated absolute truth and understanding of good and evil from our society and we have nobody who can stand there and defend those, not only what's true and right, but just stand there with a gun and go, no, not today. Right. I, I'm not against background checks either. I fully believe in that 100%. But then people are going to say, well, we need to make stricter gun laws. Like, you know, our president now came out and was talking about the shootings. And then his whole agenda was, gun laws, gun laws, gun laws. And so you're going to put stricter laws on guns for 
if evil people want to get guns, they're going to get guns. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. It's going to happen. I think of it as an alcoholic driver. You're drinking. It's still the law not to drink and drive. You're still going to get in the car and you're going to drive. To me, it's the exact same thing. What are you going to do? You're going to put stricter law. Like people are still going to do it. Whether you like it or not, they're still Mm -hmm. going to do it. And unfortunately, it's the bad few that ruin everything for everyone. That's not what was intended for this country. No, not at all. And what bothers me so much is I actually read this. I read this this week that shocked me and I wasn't surprised. The whole schools being a gun-free zone, that was a bill championed by Joe Biden in the 90s. He's the reason that schools are gun-free zones, which I thought was a really interesting piece of information that I don't think a whole lot of people actually know. I'm full circle. Oh, a lot of his presidency has come full circle. It's kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. But he's no wrong. No wrong. Whatever. (laughs) I'm I'm looking forward to the days of his departure. (laughs) You know, I look at it, too, in the sense of we're going to send $40 billion to Ukraine so they can buy guns. And we can spend not even a tenth of that amount of money to protect our schools and to protect all of these people that in my opinion, is far more valuable. I get having compassion for global affairs. I really do. Those are people too. But we can't just focus on people outside of our country dying when we're not able to protect the people in our country from dying. Right. My best friend has adoptive cousins from Ukraine and Russia. And it's one thing to help others. I totally get that. Very caring, understanding. As a country, yes, other countries should help other countries. But then we have all these liberals who come up and are like, well, okay, well, what about this? Like, we have to protect this and we have to protect that and we have to do this and we have to do that. And it's like, yes, we do. In our own country, we have to protect our people. We're we're not doing that. We're putting everything that just happened the past two weeks on the back burner and continuing to send funds to these other countries. And it's like... Yes, let's, okay, let's be caring and compassionate, but what about our backyard? We have to fix what's happening at home before we can help others. Our country is crumbling and that it's not okay. That's not okay. That's, it's our future. What is America going to look like when our kids think that it's okay to go and shoot up a school? Like you're just numb to it. Mm -hmm. Oh, another grocery store, another, you know, a uh, concert, these kids are going to be looking over their shoulder and they're going to be so paranoid or they're going to become numb to it that it's a whole, oh, it happened again. It happened again. No, we need to sit there and we need to figure out what to do. And I don't know. I just think that both sides need to agree. And my horse is bigger than your horse. It needs to end. And we need to come together and understand that this is our future and we're ruining it. Yeah. Again, I think that that's something where we can be critical of both sides here. You know, things like these, this happen and then both sides just kind of stand there and they stare at each other and they go, okay, who's going to cave first? Now, granted, I think that, you know, we're, we fall on the conservative side. So like we look at the conservative side of how to solve this problem and we go, yeah, that seems far more reasonable. But I think that there needs to be some type of give and take, even if it's temporary, even if the Republicans need to go, okay, 
maybe we can at least have the conversation about making sure that background checks are more thorough or not necessarily adding more background checks, but making sure that the process is working properly. Because again, this top shooter, if the process had actually been working properly, he wouldn't have gotten a gun based off of his history. But the current background check process doesn't even work. Right. What? He threatened to shoot up his school at graduation. Mm -hmm. And don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure the authorities knew about it. So why was he not put into the database? Like, why? Why wasn't he taken for counseling or like, you know, red radar going off red flag. But yet a year later, he got a gun. And here we are now. Yeah. With lives that are lost. Yeah. After these things happen, you go back and they do all this research and, you know, they discover all these things that were red flags. The mm-hmm. Texas, he literally posted it on his social media, what he was going to do. He posted his manifesto. He researched. He went online. He asked people through like his uh, chats or whatever he went on. I'm sorry. There's red flags when conservatives say one bad thing about a liberal and it's a red flag. You're blocked. You're canceled. What happens when these kids, because they're kids, essentially 17, 18 year olds, I call them kids post things like this and it's not flagged. Why, why are these things not flagged? Everything else is censored on social media. (laughs) Why are these things not brought to the authorities attention? Only so many people can see these posts or, you know, find these things on the internet. Why aren't those being tagged? Why aren't school shooting shooting? Why isn't that something in the database for social media? Texas shooter literally posted play by play on what he was doing. You mean to tell me nobody saw that? Nobody on social media, red flag, that wasn't dinged? Come on. I post a video that says one thing that's like incorrect. They're like, fact check, delete, all of this stuff. Some guy posts about how he's going to go shoot up a top supermarket. And that, that just flies. Right, right. Well, and I unfortunately wasn't in New York when the top shooting happened, but I was in Florida. And all over my social media, I looked on Facebook, the video was still up on Facebook days later. Why is that video still up? That's not, that's not red flagged. I'm still mind blown by that. That's not red flagged. And now like kids are sending that video. How is that video still allowed to, maybe I just don't understand the internet. Yeah. At this point, our Zoom cut out. So here's our short intermission. I hope you're enjoying this podcast. Here's the rest of our conversation. All right. So sorry to cut you off. Zoom has its time limit and I'm not paying for premium Zoom. So we can't even remember where we left off either. So we'll continue on just, you know, talking about how the schools, I think, need to, the schools and our society just needs to admit that focus on America, keeping America safe, and not giving money to foreign wars, foreign people. I even look at this, and I think that this is, you know, huge into even talking about Mexican border. Here's the other thing, too. Okay, fine, you want to ban guns in America. Okay, then you need to close up the border. You can't say, oh, we're going to make sure that people can't get illegal guns, and then have a wide open Mexican border where there's no regulations in Mexico. They can get whatever they want and bring it in. And you're going to spend money for these people to come in, flocks of them for no ramifications, no documentation whatsoever. And then you're going to be upset when there's illegal guns. No, you can't do both. 
pick either be okay with the open border and deal with the ramifications of the guns or close the border and do what you want. You can't do both. And I feel like people do not understand that you you can't have both. Now, granted, you know, the guy in Texas didn't have an illegal weapon, but he he does live in an area where there is mass droves of Mexican people coming across the border to the, the school. I think even the school that he went to is primarily Hispanic. Yeah. How many criminals are we just letting walk right in? Right there is one of our biggest issues. You're going to let these people just walk right in. Don't know with what, don't know their background. And then especially in Texas, I mean, I have a very close friend of mine, her neighbor goes down to Texas. He's border patrol. And he was Taylor. We literally have to just let them walk right through. Wow. And he's got two kids of his own up here in New York. And he just thinks we're just letting these criminals or, you know, they may not even be criminals, but we're just letting them walk right through. We don't know who they are. We have to do all these background checks for everything else, but you're going to let them walk right through and call it a day. And yet there's so many people who are fighting for gun laws and this, that, and the other, you wouldn't want a, a regular criminal from jail to just get out and walk away. Right. So let's allow these people who we don't know their background to just walk right in and have free access. Well, and it goes back to, again, why are we spending money on that? My tax dollars are going to give illegal immigrants cell phones and a better life than a lot of Americans have. And then there was that video on Facebook about this school who paid almost half a million dollars for this really advanced safety system. And I'm looking at that and I'm like, that's what we need. Okay, fine. They didn't have an armed guard, but they had a whole system where like smoke bombs would go off and all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, every school in America, half a million dollars, that doesn't even come close to the 40 billion that we just sent to Ukraine. It probably doesn't even come close to the amount of money that we're spending on illegal immigration. Why is it that the children of America are sitting in last place? To me, these not only are children, which the the people that we should be protecting the most, they're they're the future of the country. These are the people that have everything to live for and they're being seated at last place for safety. Oh, we'll pay $20 for you to have a new metal sign that says gun-free zone. No, that's not protecting your children. Right. Um, yeah, I saw that on Facebook too. I think I actually reposted it. And ever since I did, I, I've seen it go all over the place on Facebook. But um, I mean, it's true. Their camera system connects right to their local police, which one thing I do have to say about my school right now is we have cameras in every single classroom, every hallway in the gym. I don't think in my high school I had, although granite, it's been almost, gosh, 10 years. <laughs> I know we're getting old. It's, it's kind of sad. <laughs> but I mean, when I was in high school, we didn't what we had cameras in the hallways, maybe we didn't have that. So even having cameras that are hooked up to the local police, I think helps out tremendously. Mm-hmm. I saw that they have these automatic locks when they go like into a lockdown or something and it goes right into, you know, locking the doors. I can't even tell you how many times I have thought that. So my classroom right now is on the first floor and it's three rooms from the main entrance. Okay, so the Texas school shooting 
I think that was like the first room that was by the, the main entrance or something like that is what he went into. I also have a conjoining door with another teacher, which was just like where he was. And one of the things that were brought up in our meetings was, well, why can't we get deadbolts in our classroom? I have to go outside of my door to lock my door. If that happens and there's a school shooter, I'm done. And then what happens to my school inside? Well, I just open up the doors for them. So, and then because I have a conjoining door, that opens it up for the room next door. Why are we not thinking of these things? And my principal, he was very passionate. I don't think I've ever seen him this angry, but he brought up the other part of it, which was fire safety codes. Totally understandable. I get it. We still have to be safe. Yes. He said we can't have locks or deadbolts inside our classroom for fire safety. Okay. Yes. I understand that. And he also brought up, which one thing I love about my principal is he, he always has facts. So he always has statistics, numbers. He said the last time someone died, rest in peace, in a school fire was 1963. 1963. We had a school shooting last week. And, you know, then I think about Parkland shooting. The kid was not uh, not stupid. He pulled the fire alarm to get the kids to come out of school. What are we, who would have even thought of something like that? You know, I mean, nah, I'm not going to leave the classroom until somebody comes in, hopefully a police officer comes and opens my door. But what are we supposed to do? It's a lose-lose situation. And unfortunately, I, I don't even know because uh, in my old school, we had a key card into our own classroom. So we had to swipe it which was great. So our doors were automatically locked. But then, you know, then we started thinking, well, all it takes is the school shooter to get inside the school, take one of our badges, and then he has access to the entire school. The other thing, because of the fire safety, when the fire alarm gets pulled, all of our doors automatically unlock. Oh, so again, Parkland shooting, all you have to do is pull the fire alarm and everything that you put into place essentially no longer works. See, I think this is the really essential middle ground here. Again, you have the left and the right and you have their arguments when in regards to guns. But it's interesting you bring some of this up because I go, maybe this is the middle ground. Maybe what we need to do is instead of talking necessarily about the guns, we need to talk more about what is currently in place in some of these schools. Because you bring up a good point about both of your schools, right? If someone's in the school with a gun, you don't wanna have to step outside of your classroom. That door is your safety. You should be able to lock the door from inside. And then the key card thing is interesting too, because okay, the guy walks in, he shoots the first person, takes the key card right off of their, their now deceased body and has access to the whole school and the fire alarm, same concept. So I think that this probably should be what I would think is like the middle ground that I think everybody should be on board talking about. I would have never thought of any of this at all. Again, you and I went to high school in a time where it was around, but this wasn't as like active of a concern. And I mean, I went to school in Eden, so it like, it was super rural. But this is probably the point where I'd say, okay, maybe let's put the gun conversation on hold. I think even Republicans, like, let's maybe put the, like, armed guard conversation on hold and go, you know, there might be ways without arming staff to at least up the security of the school's current systems. Something instead of just, 
again, I, I think having armed people at the school really is the way to go, you know, especially after you hear all of the stuff about how horrible the Uvalde police acted during yeah. this shooting. Having someone inside who could have maybe stopped that shooter and we not had not even needed the cowardly police, I say, okay, yeah. You know, not everyone's comfortable with that conversation. So maybe let's pull that off of the table and go, let's think practically about how we can keep kids safe without maybe arming teachers. And I think that, yeah, maybe something like deadbolts might be a good idea or, you know, some type of maybe electronic system in place where instead of having an armed security guard have a security room where you can see all of the cameras and you have a button you can push that everything automatically locks if there's a school shooter and you could even say have someone come on the intercom system and say if you hear the fire alarm do not move something to say at least get kids barricaded safer right right I, I look at this and I go, I feel like a lot of these systems in school, yeah, no one's died from a school fire in ni- since 1960. Wh- why, you know, why, I get I get fire codes, I do, I understand, like, you know, that's another one of those one in a million type of things, but you don't hear about school fires, but you do hear about school shootings, and I go, you know, maybe our priority should switch. Yeah, unfortunately, you have to think of the worst case scenarios. So we are told as teachers that if somebody comes over the loudspeaker and says, you know, lockdown is over, you are free to move around, we're not allowed to move. We're not allowed to unlock the doors because, God forbid, the shooter is, you know, with that person in the office holding a gun to their head. Who knows? Do I have the answer for where we should go from here? No. I don't think anybody does, but I think it's definitely something that we need to put top priority. Like I said, the last time somebody died from a fire in a school was 1963. A school shooting was last week. A grocery store shooting two weeks ago. That is where we are at right now. Back in the 60s, who would have even thought about someone armed coming to school and shooting someone. Columbine was 1990, something like that. Wasn't that like one of the, the first big shootings? We weren't alive then, but I, I know, you know, that was the that was the example that was used throughout our childhood. That came up all the time. And that was kind of the start of some of this. And yeah, there's been, you know, then there's Sandy Hook, Parkland and, and things like that. I think this has hit a really interesting point. I think that this is probably the most productive part of this conversation for the long haul. Maybe let's just work on upping the security without guns right? It seems like there are ways to even do that. I would have never even put that together. This is why I like to talk to people who would have this knowledge, because that to me seems like a no brainer. Let's at least make what we currently have. I mean, it would hurt having someone in the school, but like you said, take that off the table and let's think of other ways, I guess for right now, till both sides can come to terms with you know, my horse is bigger than your horse type of scenario here. Unfortunately, our kids in the future of America are the ones that are hurting the most. And I, I hate thinking like this, but those kids who are in that school, their social emotional well-being, I can't even imagine. What's happening to all those kids? Like, are they really truly getting the help that they need? what's stopping them from being the next one? I mean, I I hate thinking like that, but it happened to them. 
Yeah. And I think we'll kind of wrap up the discussion here. It's always good to kind of come to some type of middle ground conclusion. And, you know, I know that we're both kind of on the same page about, yeah, it'd be cool to have people armed at schools, but that's not a discussion that's going very well. I've been enlightened to the idea of what's actually going on in our schools. And I would love nothing more than to see this become a top priority. I want protecting children to be a top priority. And I think that that's something that I think both sides can agree on. But it's a matter of which avenue are you going to look at this at? And are we going to be able to, as adults and as society, humble our butts enough to go, you know what, it's not really about me. It's not really about the agenda that I want pushed. It needs to be about the kids and it needs to be about what is best for them. And I think that both sides are kind of guilty of not really doing I agree 100%. I mean, it's like, where do I go from here? You know? Yeah. So, well, we'll, we'll finish our discussion there. I so appreciate you doing this for real. This was um, a lot of fun and it was cool to talk to you. I know it's been a while since you and I have gotten to connect since our, since our swimming days, it's feeling longer and longer as, as we go. I appreciate your time and I wish you the best for uh, summer. And I hope that we can come to decent solutions on this. I think that this should be a really important topic to people. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. It was fun. I enjoyed talking. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Until next time, if you want to give me some feedback or you'd like to hear a topic discussed, you can reach me on our Instagram page, which is underscore C-O-N-S-H-E-R-V-A-T-I-V-E. I'd love to hear from you and I'd love for you to follow along until the next episode. Have a great day and remember, stand firm love others, and be proud to be conservative.